Drama, drama, drama. Female friendships are full of nothing but drama. Or so you've been taught. Today, I'm outlining the five most common stereotypes about female friendship. Where do they come from? And what is the real truth? Sometimes we don't even realize how adopting these mentalities and believing these stereotypes play a direct role in how we choose to interact with each other. So it's worth taking some time to unpack. After I outline these stereotypes, I'm going to play for you my interview with Kayleen Schaefer. She's a journalist whose work has appeared in everything from the New York Times to Vanity Fair to Vogue. And she's also the author of the amazing book, Text Me When You Get Home. Stay tuned after I outline these stereotypes because you're not going to want to miss this conversation. You're tuned in to Give It a Rest, the podcast, where we're giving tough love truths for the sisterhood. I'm your host, Danielle Byer-Jackson, certified friendship expert and author of the book, Give It a Rest, The Case for Tough Love Friendships. And when it comes to misunderstandings and complications within our female friendships, I am here to help you through it. There are five common stereotypes about female friendships. And as much as a lot of us like to think that we're beyond adopting different stereotypes and thinking for ourselves, the truth is that a lot of us allow those stereotypes to subconsciously play a role in how we choose to speak to and interact with our friends. Because while a lot of the stereotypes are perpetuated by men, women as well use those stereotypes and how they choose to relate to one another. So I'm going to outline five for you very briefly, because in my conversation with Kayleen, in just a few moments, you'll hear us touch on a few of those stereotypes and how they tend to get in the way of us simply enjoying each other's company. The first stereotype is this, that in friendships, there is a lot of jealousy, either among each other or jealousy of one girl who leaves the group. But either way, there's this thought that jealousy is almost like an additional character in the room who's got a heavy hand on the friendships. The truth is this. When it comes to being jealous of your friend going and making other friends, uh, linguist Deborah Tannen, who is one of my favorites, she does a lot of research with women in linguistics and our words. And she says that one of the things that bonds us right away as women is words and secret sharing. So if I confide in you, I share something with you and you listen, I feel connected to you. So my thought is this, the reason why sometimes we get jealous of a woman running off with other friends or entering another friend group is because it's likely that we've had these uh, platonic intimate experiences with her. And so the idea of her being able to duplicate that experience with somebody else makes us feel like we are therefore irrelevant or that we are not as unique as we thought or that our friendship is not as special. So that idea of exclusivity and feeling jealous that she goes elsewhere, it makes sense as to where it comes from. But we have to remind ourselves when we are experiencing that, that there's no way you can possibly duplicate what it is two people have. And they might go somewhere else and get a supplemental relationship that rounds out their overall you know, experience. But you can't be duplicated. Your bond, your experience and relationship is completely unique. In terms of being jealous of each other, well, that kind of goes into our second stereotype, which is competition among women. 
My thought here is this. Because there's quote-unquote no room at the table for women to really shine in a man's world, we operate with that belief. So if we see another woman who either mirrors what it is we do and who we are and she has a style like us or something like that, we sometimes feel threatened because there's only room for one of us. So if it's not me, then it's going to be her and that makes me uncomfortable. Okay, so when it comes to our friend groups, is there only room for one girl to be the pretty one and the mom and the funny one? Almost as if we're characters in this very like commercialized group. Okay, there's room for two of you to be the funny one. There's room for two of you to be the mom in the group. There should be no competition. So if you have found yourself operating with the belief that there's only room for one, and therefore I'm threatened by this other girl who's presenting what I thought was my unique identity, but now here she is with the same thing and I'm threatened by that, there's not just room for one. There's room for everyone. As cheesy and, you know, fundamental as that sounds, some of us have totally lost touch with that truth. Okay? You also hear sometimes that competition comes out of just mere insecurity. So oftentimes it's either that the woman who you are jealous of or feeling competitive with has something you have as well and you feel like she's impeding on what's supposed to be your unique identity and your unique contribution to the group or she has something that you you wish you had as well she shines in a way that you wish you could shine as well and therefore we see her as our competition okay if your friend group has a dynamic in such a way where there really is room for one or something like that, that kind of might point or indicate some, um, you know, toxicity there um, because there should be room for everybody to thrive and who they are and constant reassurances and affirmations within the group that we're so glad that you're all here. Okay, if that's not the tone, then yes, there's, there's some lack there. Okay, the third common stereotypes about female friendships is that it's dramatic and it's always got some kind of issue going on. And therefore, women will often say, I'm not like other girls. I'm a guy's girl. I'm not like other girls. Okay, so if you're listening, raise your hand if you've ever been guilty of saying that. I'm raising my hand. That was totally me freshman year of college before I wisened up. Right. Why do we say this? Because, like I said before, we have adopted the stereotypes about women. So if we believe that they're dramatic, they are catty, they're not to be trusted, they're competitive, they're passive aggressive, they're mean girls. If we believe that about our own selves, we feel a need to dissociate ourselves from the group by letting people know I'm not like them. But the thing is, honey, in some ways you are and that's okay. And who necessarily said that those things that are stereotypes are bad things? Okay, because we're also very loyal and supportive and understanding of each other. And we rally around each other. And there's like this intuitive bond. Those are, those are positive things as well. Okay, so if you found yourself being the guy's girl and ugh, I don't deal with women, I would say one, I would outline all the stereotypes you believe about just women in general, because I think it points to a discomfort maybe within yourself. And two, I would encourage you, if you can, to try to go back and pinpoint negative experiences you've had with women in your past, because you're allowing that to drive your experiences with them in the future. Get this. Research tells us that while men have great positive 
affects when it comes to marriage. So it has a positive impact on their health and their social and emotional state to be married to women, to have wives. It has a great impact, but for women, it doesn't have as great of an impact. Okay, I'm married. I appreciate my husband, but the research tells us that that range of impact is not as high for women. In fact, research tells us that when it comes to dictating our happiness, that our female friendships have more weight than being married. The reason I stress that is because we so often put off women as like, oh gosh, I don't want to deal with the drama. Okay. And while I, you know, certainly have a lot of male friendships I appreciate, there's nothing like being friends with another woman. Okay. And that kind of takes us to our fourth ne- uh, negative stereotype, which is that friendships should come second to male partnership. So the stereotype of like friends being um, optional supplementary and the great romance that you seek your entire life should be the number one priority but think about the example i just gave of the research telling us that actually female friendships have a greater impact on our happiness okay now the reason why this stereotype probably thrives is because think about all the things in our culture that praise and applaud when you get married, when you get engaged. We have these huge networks and businesses surrounding, celebrating you, quote unquote, finding that one. But what networks do we have to celebrate getting new friends? Or not necessarily getting new friends, but keeping friends, nurturing them, reaching milestones in your friendships together. It's almost as if we expect, well, of course you should have friends. What are you, some kind of freak with no friends? Of course you should have friends. I'm not praising you for that. But oh gosh, when you find the one, congratulations, okay? The reason why this is so destructive is because we tend to spend our lives looking for the one and therefore sometimes neglecting our friendships or having friendships. But once we meet the one, allowing those friendships to fall by the wayside. So something to keep in mind. And finally, a very common stereotype about female friendship is the idea of the passive-aggressive relationships. Now, where does this stereotype come from? This one in particular comes from our social norms and values. Think about it. If you see a woman flip out and when she's upset, she shouts at everybody and says, I'm so angry. And when somebody ticks her off, she walks right up to them and she's like, let me tell you about how you pissed me off. Well, to men, that is unattractive. And to women, it's certainly unfeminine to be raging like that. So if our culture has no room and no tolerance for over expressions of anger or disappointment or discomfort or dissatisfaction, Well, then we better repress that, right? Because we don't want to turn men off and we don't want to seem unladylike or unfeminine to our female counterparts. So we experience aggression just like everyone else, but culturally it's not acceptable to express it in a direct way. So what do we do? Well, that doesn't mean that our dissatisfaction goes away just because we're not opening our mouths to say it. It's still there, but it bubbles out in those little biting comments, those little sarcastic remarks. Those little things we do, like, I'm, I'm mad at her, so I'm not going to answer the phone. I'm not going to communicate. Or I will communicate, but I'll be, you know, 
just with the one words, one word answers. And hopefully from that, she can read my subtext and understand that I'm upset. All of that is poor communication and passive aggressive behavior. But I will acknowledge the fact that our culture has made it so that that's the preferred way to go. It's just that that is certainly very damaging to our friendships. So is it at play a lot in a lot of our female relationships? Absolutely. But that is the reason why. We also have a great fear of confrontation. Um, And in my book, Give It a Rest, The Case for Tough Love Friendships, I spent a couple chapters outlining all the reasons we tend to avoid tough conversations, right? We don't want to turn our friends off, especially when friends are so hard to come by in the first place, right? If um, expressing dissatisfaction is unladylike, then we certainly don't want to fall into that. And then It's got the competing idea of the stereotype of the mean girl. So if I do express my dissatisfaction, am I going to be labeled as being mean or disloyal or unsupportive? So I better just kind of sit on it and hopefully things go away. Okay, so there are many sociological, neurological reasons why we hesitate to be direct. But unfortunately, the consequence of that is passive aggression. Okay, so these are five common stereotypes about female friendships. And the reason I thought it was important to take time to outline all of them is because a lot of them are at play in our friendships without our knowledge. We're either allowing them to keep us from cultivating really rich friendships or they're keeping us from enjoying the ones that we already have. So I encourage you to spend some time with that and to think about whether or not you have been guilty of adopting any of these mentalities. Okay, so today I am so excited to introduce you all to Kayleen Schaefer, who you may already know if you've already read her book, Text Me When You Get Home. I want to first talk about your book, and some listeners may have already read it, but it's like this beautiful compilation of stories and examples of female friendship. And I want to ask you, how many interviews did you do? Because that is a hefty book to get through and every page is so good. And I ended thinking like, oh my God, how many women did she interview? So can you tell me a little bit about the process of putting that book together? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so to answer the direct question, I, a little over a hundred women, because um, what's interesting about friendship is it's not studied a lot by um, like sociologists or psychologists like there's just not a lot of data behind it with other relationships like with people study your relationships with your children or your parents or um, even like with your boss there's there's more data behind those relationships and friendship for whatever reason there's just not a lot of stats behind it so i couldn't really rely on doing a lot of research which I mean, honestly, I was glad I don't love stats because that was fine. But so then I had to go the other way and ask real women about their friendships. And before I started the book, I I had an idea that that we all kind of felt like these are super important relationships, as important as the other relationships in our life. But no one was really saying that. And that obviously isn't the message that rises to the top in our culture about our friendships. And so I had to get real women to tell me and and they did tell me how they felt about their friendships yeah and it was a nice array of different experiences the same theme of yes female friendship is such a 
a lifesaver in my life, but such an array of experiences and, and backgrounds. And so it's really like this beautiful tapestry of, you know, what it can look like for, you know, different women with different backgrounds and history. So it was really nice to kind of read through it. And what also made it nice is I love how there's like this, um, you know, weaving of examples from pop culture too, because, you know, we consume these different shows and movies and, and when the credits roll, we're like, oh, that was really good. But it was really good because we're seeing these stories of, you know, platonic love between women. So can you talk to me about some of maybe your favorite pop culture examples of, you know, these representations of strong female bonds? The book, um, it's, it's great that you pointed that out um, because the book came from those two strands. So it came from my own experience and feeling about female friendship and what I was hearing from other women. But then it also came from the rise of these stories starting to be told in pop culture. And when I conceived the book, this sounds so dated, but I just like to throw it out there to kind of show how far we've come. Hashtag squad was, was so popular. Like it was mm. the moment of hashtag squad, which it, it, there's positive and um, negative things to hashtag squad. But, but that's where we were in finally seeing like, these are my friends and I'm out and proud about having this group of friends. But then at the same time, you also had movies like Bridesmaids, Pitch Perfect, um, Broad, uh, wait, yeah, Broad City. Am I messing up the name of that show? No, yeah. it's Broad City, right? Yeah, you got it. Uh, yeah, so Broad City was really popular too. Um, and uh, Big Little Lies. Um, mm. So all of that um, pop culture was starting to be like stories about female friendship, which just there still aren't a tremendous amount of them, but but there are, um, they're starting to be more and more as women take the reins of telling their own stories. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and I love that, you know, since it's being shown more, that means we're exploring, you know, the depth and nuance of it more as, as well. It's not this one size fits all stereotypical thing. It's got, you know, it's got depth and it moves. And, you know, if one friend has a baby and the other doesn't, it's exploring what that looks like, you know? And so I appreciate, you know, how we're not only telling the story more, but telling the stories plural of how different it can look from woman to woman. So that's really and great. While I was writing the story, uh, the book, I was almost done with it and Girls Trip came out. And I was like, oh my God, this is an amazing female friendship movie. And I had, like, I rushed to like, crash in that because I mean it had been a while since um since Bridesmaid and it was like when was there going to be another one and then it was like oh wait we just got another amazing female friendship movie so those examples feel a little dated now and I'm trying to think if there's something that no, those are good you got some good ones I, mean, I know like, right now like Insecure is huge and there is also in the book yeah and then yes. that was a time of Insecure mm -hmm. um it's, it's first or second season too yeah so, I think these stories are around and I think that that's wonderful because it, it gives us like, oh, okay, you know, I can talk about my friendships too. And, and pop culture obviously like sometimes leads regular culture, so. Sure, sure. And I don't know, okay, so I don't know if you've heard of that new show called Dollface. I don't know that show. Oh my God. Okay. So that is your assignment is to watch okay. the show and let me know what you think. But it's, I've only seen two episodes. I don't know if any listeners um, have seen it and it's kind of strange and like fantasy, which I'm not normally into, but the whole show is about 
female friendship and the unspoken rules. And, you know, it's like a comedic look at a serious thing. So I would really want to know your opinion um, on the show. So that's another one, but there's so many shows and stories and, and I agree. I'm, I'm so uh, refreshed to see our stories on screen. Okay. So tell me what are some of the biggest misconceptions or stereotypes you've noticed about girls and their friendships? Well, I think the the main one that we still have to keep fighting against is that women aren't real friends and they just, you know, will like stab each other in the back as soon as the other one's back is turned or like that that idea that there's always just tension in women's friendships. And, you know, women are people. They can be mean. They can, you know, do not nice things, but everyone can. You know, it has nothing to do with us being women. So, yeah, that... That mean girl stereotype is just always there. And even when I was starting to do the book, I didn't really even understand that mean girls was a stereotype. I was just like, oh no, girls are mean. <laughs> like, no, they're not. They're no meaner or nicer than anyone else. Like that is just a stereotype we put upon women because we don't want them to have these tight bonds. Right, and you did a piece for Cosmopolitan where you're talking about reaching out to your own mean girl. Can you tell us about that and how that conversation went? Yeah, I mean, that came out of the book and I, 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 I wanted to talk to her, but I didn't want to talk to her because I had this, these like same like fears from high school, right? Of like, ooh, the mean girl's not gonna want to talk to me or she'll be mean to me or like, I'm still not good enough for her. And I reached out, she couldn't have been nicer. And we had like, cocktails and pizza and we had just the nicest time talking and we're still in touch like I see her when I go back to Texas she texts me like and it was just it was such a revelation that I thought that I had all this high school hurt but then she did in her own way too and you know we all had these fraught friendships and like confidence problems and just we were all grappling with the same things but we all felt very isolated and I think that's a problem for a lot of young women Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So you also told us um, the ways uh, in your book, you also kind of spoke to the ways that we are often like culturally, you know, told to prepare and anticipate romantic relationships. And so often female friendship is seen as um, a supplement to, you know, romantic relationships. But you kind of make the case that female friendships are the great loves of our lives. So can you, you know, expound a little bit on, you know, how a lot of us are still working to, you know, reframe our minds from anticipating that one great love from a romantic partner instead of the ongoing journey of, you know, cultivating female friendships? I mean, yeah, so that, well, I think it depends on how you're raised, but I was raised in Texas, which is, you know, Southern values and traditions, and you were taught to look for a guy, find a husband, like that was the, the path you were supposed to go on, and and that's what I thought, and it, it's never like, and, and the idea, which is depressing, is sort of like, then you leave your friends behind, but I think that A, we're marrying later, so I think that that has a lot to do with this shift, you know, you're not if you get married in your 30s now versus your 20s, you're not just going to ditch those friends that have been your rocks for decades. Um, it doesn't make any sense. You wouldn't do that. And then I think also be women are starting to question this notion of like, oh, we need to look to men. We need to be tied to men. Like men are the most important relationship. 
and this is speaking really like broadly about heterosexual relationships because even I talked to like some women who are with women and, and they said you know they had the same feeling of like oh this romantic love had to triumph the platonic love that they had with their friends and we're taught that for some reason and obviously there's a million romantic comedies that um, have the best friend character and then she's shunted aside when the two main characters fall in love as they're supposed to and it's a, it's a hard thing to fight against but as so many women like do disagree and you know they could be married but they also have a best friend and they don't have to be the same person right right yeah agreed um now what is your mes uh, message to women who are you know because a lot of us most of us were like yes female friendship it's so special and we have all these you know memories that we instantly recall of you know our bonds with our friends but there are those groups of women who are kind of resistant to the idea for whatever reason, namely the women who maybe kind of pride themselves on being guys, girls, or I know I often hear of it, you know, very explicitly from some women who are like, I don't know, I just, you know, prefer like guys, you know, like, ah, girls are so this and that. That's why I hang out with guys. There's still a lot of that going on too. What are your thoughts as to, you know, why some women are proud of that or why they tend to lean that way and either consciously or, you know, subconsciously avoid the whole idea of female friendship? Um, I grappled with this a lot in my 20s because I thought, oh, I'm a guy's girl. Like, um, one of my friends used to be like, Kayleen doesn't like other women. And like, I'd be like, no, no, I love other women. I have lots of female friends. But like, I was sort of proud of it, right? Like, I was like, what I heard was like, Kayleen's not like other women. She's different because women have this terrible stereotype of like, oh, if you're too girly or too whiny or all of these things that they put on women that are supposed to be bad. And I think some women are like, but I'm not that. I don't want to be that. And so if you put me with a lot of other women and I say I have all these female friends, then I'm just like them. And I'm this terrible thing that men don't like or men are annoyed by. And so like saying you're a guy's girl is a way to fight against that. But I mean, it's really just insecurity and not wanting to embrace like, oh, but I, I am a woman and there's a bazillion good things about women. And I don't know why, you know, society at large picks these terrible things to call out about women or why these things that they say are terrible about women aren't actually good things, you know? Yeah. Like all of the traits that women have could be good things. Sure. Um, so I, I think it's just, it's that, it's like, it's leaning into what men want, basically. Sure, sure. And there's so much, I, and I'm so glad everybody's starting to have, you know, this dialogue because there's so much to unpack about our own attitudes about female friendship. And I would argue that a lot of us haven't sat down to intentionally pinpoint, okay, when did I start adopting that? you know, attitude and, and using it as a part of my identity, but really it's a shield for this or that, you know, so a lot of us haven't even taken the time to understand why do I, you know, have the approach that I do to making friends or avoiding female friends. Um, but I think a lot of us would come back and trace and land on the same things um, and sharing more in common than we, you know, than we think. So I think it's so great, uh, the work that you do, the writing that you do, the stories that you're telling to help us all kind of grapple with our, you know, misunderstandings of and stereotypes of female friendship and encouraging us to really lean into something that is so beautiful and so special. And I think that your work is helping us to to do that. And I appreciate that. Um, and if there's any woman listening who has not yet read, text me when you get home. 
you need to do so like right now it's too easy these days like amazon click 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 they've made it way too easy not to uh get your copy of the book i am going to end with this kayleen so i am seeing that the book is possibly being turned into a television show by abc are you able to speak a little bit to that How, what can we look forward to there yeah, I mean, possibly. And if you guys all want to send positive vibes for it happening, I would love it. I would really appreciate the support. Um, so what happened was um, a producer, uh, she's a producer on Modern Family. She was given the book by a friend and she loved it. And then went to her producing partner, who happened to be Julie Bowen, who is one of the stars of Modern Family. Um, and so they came to me and said, we think we might be able to create a TV show out of this. And I said, okay, really? like what? <laughs> but um, they are hopefully going to. There's a script being write, written right now. That's all the information I have. But I mean, somebody's writing a script. Somebody's trying. So. so I appreciate you so much for taking some time to chat with me, to chat with our listeners about the beauty and importance of female friendship. And we look forward to reading everything that you have coming out uh, after this. So thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you, Danielle. This was fun. Great questions. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you, of course. today's episode was helpful for you, I'd love for you to come tell me about it over on the Facebook group called the Give It A Rest Podcast After Party. You can also hear me run my mouth and give other unsolicited advice regarding your friendships on Instagram at Danielle Byer Jackson, formerly at Girl Give It A Rest. So now I've switched my handle and would love to see you over there. And as always, you can listen to more episodes and read some of our research-based articles over at giveitarestmovement.com. I can't wait to see you over there.